I'm going to start my sermon today with a little joke. What's the difference between a lawyer and God? God doesn't think God is a lawyer. I begin this way because it seems like uh, the experts in the law have always been maligned, always been heart targets for our hatred and for our derision. But I'd like to begin with a defense of our legal experts uh, who along with the Pharisees are foils of Jesus in this tale. These folks who I drew with little hats so that we could set them apart, uh, these leaders the Pharisees and the legal experts, they have often received the brunt of the gospel's disdain. But all of us know a few lawyers, and they're not that bad. In fact, we even like them. I'm looking around to see if I can any can see any of them. I don't know that I can pick any out of my screen at the moment, but we love our lawyers. Uh, and so I hope you know that I'm joking about this. We appreciate all of you who's for whom the law is your vocation. Uh, in all seriousness, this, this is one of the stories that gives Pharisees and legal experts in scripture a bad name. They have a reputation for being hardliners, for being haters, for constantly being in conflict with Jesus. And their words and actions uh, here and all over the Gospels are often interpreted as being purely malicious, like they just have it out for Jesus. But I learned a thing this week about them, uh, that these Pharisees and scholars uh, they're being legalistic. Yes, absolutely, they are. But their goal is very much protecting the integrity, not just of the law, but of their community. Uh, unlike priests and scribes, who are a sort of another group of, of uh, leaders who are named in the Gospels, and another much maligned group who are named, the, the, these folks, the Pharisees and the legal experts, they are the ones who, they, they create a means for people, for Jewish people, to have a practice of Judaism outside of the temple. They're the ones that convene and lead religious communities all over um, anywhere where, where there are practicing Jews. And so they communicate and discern how to follow Torah law. They debate with each other the best way to follow the law, the best way to be in relationship with each other and with God. The legalism of the Torah is sometimes called like all of these laws and rules that sometimes we, we don't even understand, like what are we supposed to do with all of the laws and the rules that we see outlined in the Hebrew Bible? Sometimes all of those laws are referred to by scholars as being fences around the law, all the, all the legalism, fences around the law. There's a central practice or value, then that's the law itself. So for example, you shall remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. That's the second in the Ten Commandments. Uh, and then there are fences built around that law to keep people from getting even close to violating the law. Those are the fence, those are those fence laws that uh, that keep people even from possibly violating that central practice. It's like the velvet rope around the Ten Commandments statue. So you don't even get close enough to touch it. Um, so when you ride the light rail in Seattle, and it's been months and months and months since many of us have done that, but when you ride it, if you've ever ridden the light rail, you'll remember that you'll hear an announcement, something like this. Passengers, please stay behind the yellow texturized strip until the 
the train comes completely to a halt. So we, ha- we, hear, that, uh, we hear that announcement and it's not because that there's some kind of um, a magical thing that happens. There's, if we don't get zapped if we step, step onto the, that yellow strip that's at the edge. It's because when you step that close to the edge, it's, it's easier to, to trip, to get bumped, to sneeze and lose your balance just as the train is arriving and get smacked. So it's not, it's not that, uh, that that will automatically happen, but there's just greater risk when you're there. And that's what those, that's what those, fence, uh, those fences around the law are for. For these Pharisees, the law is a public good they and their community, they're in covenant with God, their creator. And one person violating the law, it does, it does harm to the entire community of God's followers, the entire community who's in covenant with each other and with God. For them, following Torah law is a public health issue. It's like wearing a mask or getting a vaccine to keep yourself and others safe. But they too, among them, debated about where those fences should be, about when we need to wear our mask and how many layers the mask needs to be. They had, they had conversations with each other constantly about how are we best in covenant. They're building fences behind fences and putting them in different places among each other in the community. And so Jesus steps into this debate. He's a student of Jewish law and he's a teacher often addressed as rabbi by his disciples, Uh, and he steps into the debate, into this story, and like the experts who are challenging him, and we see that challenge constantly throughout the Gospels, Jesus is challenging them back, but from a place of deep understanding of scripture, a deep understanding of his Jewish roots, and his challenge to the lawyers and the Pharisees invites them to take down, to pull down some of that barbed wire, to take down the fence posts and remember who and what Sabbath is for. It has been a while since we talked about Sabbath in our congregation, Uh, but anyone who has sent Megan an email on a Friday or who follows her Instagram um, posts, even yesterday, will remember hashtag Sabbath hikes and so it, we do get reminders of that from our pastor, Megan, but in Christian practice, and we know because Megan does her Sabbath on a Friday, in Christian practice, Sabbath is not literally on a seventh day, but it does continue to be a practice among Christian communities because we, are, we take our, our uh, faith lineage from uh, our Jewish forebearers It's not a a literal day, but does continue to recognize, as is noted in scripture, that God created the Sabbath. God created Sabbath, as we read in Genesis 1, as a gift, not just for people, but for the entire earth. God's gift for the earth and for all its inhabitants. And so for many many people, it's Sunday. For many Christians, that that might be a Sunday. For Megan, it's Friday. Uh, I have quite a few pastoral colleagues who celebrate a Sabbath day on Mondays, but it's not even really about the day in Christian practice, but about the integration of, of what Sabbath is, what is, what that gift that God gives us is into the everyday, a rhythm or a practice, a time for, as I said, with the children of restoration, of repair, of return, and 
that Sabbath commandment that's in the Decalogue, that's in the Ten Commandments, explicitly names children, servants, non-citizens, even animals. Uh, it is truly intended to be a holistic practice of repair and rest and restoration. Uh, it's a space for connection to the earth, for connection to the divine. And the Pharisees, uh, rightly, I think, were pretty keen on maintaining this time that was set aside, that was holy. And so they, they built those fences. The fences went up because they cared deeply about their community. So Jesus comes in into this de debate, and I think he does stir the pot. He stirs the pot just a little. Um, but his priorities are also community and connection with the divine. And in fact, he reminds his audience, those the Pharisees in the in his interaction around the wheat field, that he is the authority on the divine and on the Sabbath. He's prioritizing his community means that uh, the only kind of good fence that there is around these laws is a fence that has a gate. A gate even that has a sign, like if you've ever seen one of those um, signs uh, that say something like, um, enter only if bearing tacos or enter only if bearing coffee. It's a sign kind of like that. Only this one says, enter only if bearing life. Enter only if bearing goodness and wholeness. Uh, God wants hungry people to eat, even tacos, especially tacos. Bring something that will be restorative of spiritual and physical health. Bring goodness. Bring goodness for the earth and for people and enter the Sabbath gate. This story from Luke of Jesus and his debate with scholars about Sabbath was an important one to early Christians. That's who Luke was writing this for. Some of those early Christians were Jewish and some of them were not. And they were reading this and trying to figure out how do we practice Sabbath? Do we still practice Sabbath? Is that something that's important? And how do we interpret that in light of Jesus? Hearing Jesus' interpretation of the Sabbath law gave them the freedom to understand Sabbath in ways that had less to do about a specific date and time and more to, or and specific Jewish culture, culture and custom since non-Jews were now becoming of followers of Christ, and more to do with that central value around which the, the fences were built. And for the same reason, it can be an important story to us as because of those reminders of how to keep Sabbath and because of the ways we think about the fences that we put around our own customs and traditions and practices and law. Uh, we liberal, progressive, West Coast Mennonites, I think uh, we might not think of ourselves as legalistic, or rule bound. Uh, we're free spirits out here on the West Coast, uh, but all you have to do is suggest the idea of singing from a projected screen instead of from a hymnal, uh, and you'll see where the fences are built. Those fences will, will show themselves. Uh, now that we have a new hymnal, um, I might put a bit of a fence around that myself, um, but we have, we have we have some norms and some rules in our congregation. Uh, we also have in our, I think we do have, uh, we have bylaws in our congregation. So we actually literally do have laws. 
Um, but we also have documents as a congregation that say who we are as a covenanted people, who, that say what our central values are, that what, what are the norms that we follow? What are we guided by? Um, and they're not written in stone as the Ten Commandments might have been. Um, but they are the guiding practices that we follow. And I'm thinking, for example, of our Jubilee themes and actions document that we really discerned for a long time to come to, to describe who we are. And that many of the themes in that document and in our, in our Jubilee themes and actions, that's just Jubilee is Sabbath writ large. Jubilee is, a, is God's desire for a thriving for all of creation, restoration and wholeness of community and our reflection of our desire and God's desire for a just peace. And just like justice, Sabbath is, it's both personal, it's that like personal day and time or space for, for connection, but it's also communal. Um, I happen to like rules and clear answers. I have always been a rule follower. Maybe this is like an oldest child thing, I'm not sure. Um, I like clear fences, I like delineation. Uh, but being in community where we each have different fences and different places where we draw the lines around those central values, it's not easy. And so uh, as is often the case in this story, none of us is Jesus. We're, we're all like the Pharisees sort of debating where do we put the lines? Where do we draw, make those fences? Or maybe actually, maybe we're Jesus and the Pharisees because it's a, it's a live conversation. There are no bad guys in this story. Um, I'm thinking about the discernment that's before us. It's just the really big discernment that's before us that we're holding as a congregation about our Mennonite voluntary service property. And we all, every one of us in this community want to do justice. We want restoration and wholeness for our community. We, we want both the church and our community more broadly to benefit and experience the joy of, of Jubilee and of justice. That much was clear. I've read through, not all, but skimmed through many of your uh, responses to the, um, to the survey. In fact, you have till the end of the day to, to complete that survey if you haven't done it yet. I'll just put in a plug. But what becomes clear is that all of us really do want wholeness and want restoration. And we all put the fences in different places around how we create that and how, how we protect that central value of justice. Uh, I, I don't have an answer to, to that, except that it is, uh, but I have an affirmation. I have an affirmation of who we are and, who, and how we are as community. I celebrate that our discernment favors fences with gates. I celebrate that we're seeking good and not evil, that we're seeking life and not to do harm. I celebrate that Sabbath is still a value among us that we are guarding and protecting. And I pray that we may continue to find Sabbath life. <laughs>